Chapter Four of Andrew the Glad by Maria Thompson Davies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, According to Solomon. And it was by this very pattern, Caroline, I made the dozen I sent Mary Caroline for you. See the little slips fold over and hold up the petticoats. And Mrs. Buchanan held up a tiny garment for Caroline Dara to admire. They sat by the sunny window in her living room, and both were sewing on dainty cambric and lace. Caroline Dara's head bent over the piece of ruffling in her hand with flower-like grace, and the long lines from her throat suggested decidedly a very lovely pre-Raphaelite angel. Her needle moved slowly and unaccustomedly, but she had the air of doing the hemming bravely, if fearfully. "'Isn't it darling?' she said as she raised her head for a half-second, then immediately dropped her eyes and went on printing her stitches carefully. "'What else was in that box? I feel I need to know,' she asked. "'Let me see. The dozen little shirts. They were made out of some of my own trousseau things because of a scarcity of linen in those days, and two little embroidered caps, and a blue cashmere sack, and a set of crocheted socks, and—' and the major sent brandy he always does i have the letter she wrote me about it all and to think she had to leave mrs matilda's eyes misted as she paused to thread her needle she didn't realize that and think of what she felt when she opened the box said caroline as she raised her eyes that smiled through a threatened shower I mustn't let the tears fall on little sister's ruffle, she added quickly as she took up her work. That reminds me of an accident to the shirts I made for Phoebe. They were being bleached in the sun when a calf took a fancy to them and chewed two of them entirely up before we discovered him. I was so provoked, for I had no more linen as fine as I wanted. Of course the calf ate up my shirts came in phoebe's laughing voice from the doorway where she had been standing unobserved for several minutes watching mrs buchanan and caroline something is always chewing at my affairs but mrs matilda shoes them away for me sometimes still even calves when it is positively necessary how very industrious you do look at times even i sigh for a needle though i wouldn't know what to do with it there seems to be something in a woman's soul that nothing but a needle satisfies morbid craving that phoebe i want to make something for you i feel i must as soon as these petticoats for little sister are done what shall it be and caroline dara beamed upon phoebe with the warmest of interwoman glances the affection for phoebe which had possessed the heart of caroline dara had deepened daily and to its demands phoebe for her had been most unusually responsive at your present rate of stitching i will have a year or two to decide beautiful she answered as she settled down on the broad window-seat near them david kildare and i have come to lunch mrs matilda and the major has sent him over for andrew i hope he brings him but i doubt it i have told tempe and she says she is glad to have us she added as mrs buchanan turned and looked in the direction of the kitchen regions they all smiled for the understanding that existed between phoebe and tempe was the subject of continual jest have you seen the babies to-day 
asked Caroline as she drew a long new thread through the needle. Isn't it lovely the way people are making them presents? Mr. Caper says the men at the mills are going to give them each a thousand-dollar mill bond. Well, I doubt seriously if they will live to use the bonds if someone does not stop David from trying to experiment with them, answered Phoebe with a laugh. After dinner last night, he came in with two little sleeping hammock machines, which he insisted on putting up on the wall for them. If the pulley catches, you have to stand on a chair to extract them, and if it slips, down they come. Millie was so grateful and let him play with them for an hour. She's a sweet soul. Has he sent any more food? asked Mrs. Matilda as they all laughed. Two more cases of a new kind he saw advertised in a magazine. Somebody must tell him that. Millie is equal to the situation. Billy Bob won't, and so the cases continue to arrive. The pantry is crowded with them, and they have sent a lot to the day nursery. And Phoebe slipped from the window seat down onto the rug at Caroline's feet in a perfect ecstasy of mirth. But he is just the dearest boy, Phoebe, said Caroline Dara as she paused in her sewing to caress the sleek, black, braided head tipped back against her knee. There was the shadow of reproach in her voice as she smiled down into the gray eyes upturned to hers. Yes, answered Phoebe instantly on the defensive. He is just exactly that, Caroline Dara Brown, and he doesn't seem to be able to get over it. I'm afraid it's chronic with him. Ah, he's young yet, Mrs. Buchanan remarked as she clipped a thread with her bright scissors. No said Phoebe slowly. He is six years older than I am, and that makes him thirty-two. I have earned my living for ten years, and a man five years younger who sits at a desk next to mine at the office is taking care of his mother and educating two younger brothers on a salary that is less than mine. But David is a dear. Did you see the little coats Polly sent the babies? She asked quickly to close the subject and to cover a note of pain she had discovered in her own voice. They were lovely, answered Mrs. Buchanan. Now let me show you how to roll and whip your ruffle, Caroline, dear. She added, as she bent over Caroline's completed hem. In a moment they were both immersed in a scientific discussion of under and over stitch. Phoebe clasped her knees in her arms and gazed into the fire. Her own involuntary summing up of David Kildare had struck into her inner consciousness like a blow and Phoebe could not have explained to even herself what it was in her that demanded the hewer of wood and drawer of water in a man, in David. Decidedly, Phoebe's demands were for elementals, and she questioned Kildare's right to his leisurely life based on the Jeffersonian ideals of her forefathers. And while they sewed and chatted the hour away, over in the library the Major and David were an interested conclave. Now... I leave it to you, Major, if he isn't just the limit, said David on his return from his mission for the purpose of drawing Andrew from his lair. I couldn't budge him. He is writing away like all possessed, with a two-apple and a cracker lunch on the table beside him. He seems to enjoy a death-starve. David, said the Major, as he laid aside the book he had been buried in and began to polish his glasses. You make no allowances whatever for the artistic temperament. When a man is making connection with his solar plexus, he doesn't consider the consumption of food of paramount importance. 
now in this treatise of aristotle well anyway i've made up my mind to fix up something between him and carolyn dara he's got to get a heart interest of his own and let mine alone the child is daffy about his poetry and moons at him all the time out of the corners of her eyes <sighs> dandy eyes at that but the old ink swiller acts as if she wasn't there at all what i'll do to just make him see her just see her see her that'll be enough david said the major quietly as he looked into the fire with his shaggy brows bent over his keen eyes the combination of a man-heart and a woman-heart makes a dangerous explosive at the best but here are things that make it fatal the one you are planning would be deadly why in the world shouldn't i touch them off perfectly nice girl all right man and boy have you forgotten that i told you of the night andrew severe's father killed himself yes that he had sat the night through at the poker table with peters brown brown offered some restoration compromise to the widow but she refused you know the struggle that she had made and that it killed her we both know the grit it took for andrew to chisel himself into what he is the first afternoon he met the girl in here right by this table for an instant i was frightened only she didn't know thank god the almighty gardens his women things well and fends off influences that shrivel it behooves men to do the same so that's it exclaimed kildare serious in his dismay of course i remember it but i had forgotten to connect up the circumstances it's a mine all right major and the poor little girl she reads his poetry with phoebe and to me and she admires him and his differential and that girl the sweetest thing that ever happened i don't know whether to go over and smash him or to cry on his collar dave answered the major as he folded his hands and looked off across the housetops glowing in the winter sun some snarls in our lifelines only the almighty can unravel he just depends on us to keep hands off andrew is a fine product of disastrous circumstances a man who can build a bridge tunnel a mountain and then sit down by a construction campfire at night and write a poem and a play must cut deep lines in life and he'll not cut them in a woman's heart if he can help it and she must never know major never said david with distress in his happy eyes we must see to that it ought to be easy to keep it was so long ago that nobody remembers it but wait that is what mrs sherry lawrence meant when she said to phoebe in carolyn's presence that it was just as well under the circumstances that the committee had not asked andrew to write the poem for the unveiling of the statue i wondered at the time why phoebe dealt her such a knockout glance that even i staggered and she's given her cold storage attentions ever since mrs sherry rather fancies andy i gather would she dare do you think women remarked the major dryly when men stalking make very cruel enemies for the weaker of their kind let's be thankful that pursuit is a perverted instinct in them that happens seldom we can trust much to phoebe the almighty puts the instinct for mother guarding all younger or lesser women into the heart of superbly sexed women like phoebe donelson 
and with her aroused we may be able to keep it from the child ah but it is sad major said david in a low voice deeply moved with emotion sad for her who does not know and for him who does and it was farther reaching than that dave answered the major slowly and the hand that held the dying pipe trembled against the table andrew severe was a loss to us all at the time and to you for whom we builded the youngest and strongest and best of us had been mowed down before a four years reign of bullets and there were few enough of us left to build again and of us all he had the most constructive power with the same buoyant courage that he had led our regiment in battle did he lead the remnant of us in reconstructing our lives he was gay and optimistic laughed at bitterness and worked with infectious spirits and superb force we all depended on him and followed him keenly we loved him and let ourselves be laughed into his schemes it was his high spirits and temperament that led to his gaming and tragedy nearly thirty years he's been dead the happy andrew this boy's like him very like him i see it i see it answered david slowly and all of that glad heart was bred in andy major and is there under his sadness heavens haven't i seen it in the hunting field as he landed over six stiff bars on a fast horse it's in some of his writing and sometimes it flashes in his eyes when he is excited i've seen it there lately more often than ever before god major last night his eyes fairly danced when i plagued carolyn into asking him to whom he wrote that serenade which i had set to music and sing for her so often it hurts me all over it makes me weak it's hunger david lunch is almost ready said phoebe who had come into the room in time to catch his last words why where is andrew wouldn't he come no <laughs> answered kildare quickly covering his emotion with a laugh as he refused to meet caroline dara's eyes which wistfully asked the same question that phoebe had voiced he is writing a poem about about uh his eyes roamed the room wildly for he had got into it and his stock of original poem subjects was very short finally his music lore yielded a point it's about a girl drinking only with her eyes you understand and uh... he could save himself that trouble laughed phoebe for somebody has already written that did it some time ago run stop him david no answered david with recovered spirit i'd flag a train for you phoebe but i don't intend to sidetrack a poem for anybody besides i'm hungry and i see jeff with a tray mrs matilda please put carolyn dara by me she's attentive and phoebe just diets me and while they laughed and chatted and feasted the hour away across the street andrew sat with his eyes looking over on to the major's red roof which was shrouded in a mist of yesterdays through which he was watching a slender boy toil his way when he was eight he had carried a long route of the daily paper and he could feel now the chill dark air out into which he had slipped as his mother stood at the door and watched him down the street with sad hungry eyes the gaunt mother who had never smiled he had fought and punched and scuffled in the dawn for his bundle of papers and he had fought and scuffled for all he had got out of life for many years but a result had come 
and it was rich how he had managed an education he could hardly see himself only the major had helped not much but just enough to make it possible and david had always stood by kildare's fortune had come from almost forgotten lumberlands that his father had failed to heave into the confederate maelstrom perhaps it had come a little soon for the very best upbuilding of the character of david kildare but he had stood shoulder to shoulder with them all in the fight for the establishment of the new order of things and his generosity with himself and his wealth had been superb the delight with which he had made a gift of himself to any cause whatsoever rather tended to blight the prospects of what might have been a brilliant career at law with his backing hobson capers had opened the cotton mills on a margin of no capital and much grit then tom cantrell had begun stock manipulations on a few blocks of gas and water which his mother and andrew had put up the money to buy and nerve it was good to think of them all now in the perspective of the then were there any people on earth who could swing the pendulum like those scions of the wilderness cavaliers and do it with such dignity he was tasting an aftermath and he found it sweet only the bitterness that had killed his mother before he was ten and across the street sat the daughter of the man who had pressed the cup to her lips with her father's millions and her mother's purple eyes he dropped his hand on his manuscript and began to write feverishly then in a moment he paused the panama campfire beside which he had written his first play that was running in new york now rose in a vision was it any wonder that the managers had jumped at the chance to produce the first drama from the country's newly acquired jungle the lines had been rife with the struggle and intrigue of the great canal cutting it really was a ripping play he told himself with a smile and this other he looked at it a moment in a detached way this other throbbed he gathered the papers together in his hands and walked to the window the sun was now aslant through the trees it was late and they must have all gone their ways from across the street only the major would be alone and appreciative andrew smiled quizzically as he regarded the pages in his hand but it was also to the good to read the stuff to the old fellow with his immortals ranged round great company that he mused to himself as he let himself out of the apartment and as he walked slowly across the street and into the buchanan house fate took up the hand of andrew severe and ranged his trumps for a new game in the moment he parted the curtains and stepped into the library the old dame played a small signal for there in the major's wide chair sat caroline dara brown with her head bent over a large volume spread open upon the table oh she said with a quick smile and a rose signal in her cheeks the major isn't here they came up for him to go out to the farm to see about about grinding something up to feed to to something or sheep or she paused in distress as if it were of the utmost importance that she should inform him of the major's absence silo for the cows he prompted in a practical voice it was well a practical remark fitted the occasion for the line from old ben johnson which david had only a few hours ago accused him of plagiarizing rose to the surface of his mind 
such deep wells of eyes he had never looked into in all his life before and they were as ever filled to the brim with reverence even awe of him it was a heady draught he quaffed before she looked down and answered his laconic remark yes she said that was it and mrs matilda and phoebe motored out with him and david went on his horse i am making calls only i didn't i stopped to and she glanced down with wild confusion for the book spread out before her was the major's old family bible and the type was too bold to fail to declare its identity to his quick glance don't worry he hastened to say i don't mind i read it myself sometimes when i'm in a certain mood it was for david he wanted to read something to phoebe she answered in ravishing confusion and pointed to the open page thus andrew severe was forced by old fate to come near her and bend with her over the book the tip of her exquisite finger ran along the lines that have figured in the woman question for many an age for her price is far above rubies the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her and so on down the page she led him and that was what the trouble was about she said when they had read the last word in the last line she raised her eyes to his with laughter in their depths it was a very dreadful battle and phoebe won the major found this for him to read to her and she said she did not intend to go into the real estate business for her husband or to rise while it was yet night to give him his breakfast aren't they funny funny and she fairly rippled with delight at her recollection of the vanquishing of the intrepid david the standards for a wife were a bit strenuous in those days he answered smiling down on her i'm afraid dave will have trouble finding one on those terms and yet he paused and there was a touch of mockery in his tone i think that a woman could be very very happy fulfilling every one of those conditions if she were woman enough answered caroline dara brown looking straight into his eyes with her beautiful disconcerting dangerous young seriousness andrew picked up his manuscript with the mental attitude of catching at a straw oh she said quickly you were going to read to the major weren't you and the entreaty in her eyes was as young as her seriousness as young as that of a very little girl begging for a wonder tale the heart of a man may be of stone but even flint flies a spark andrew severe flushed under his pallor and ruffled his pages back to a serenade he had written with which the star for whom the play was being made expected to exploit a deep-timbered voice in a recitative vocalization and while he read it to her slowly fate finessed on the third round and so the major found them an hour or more later he standing in the failing light turning the pages and she looking up at him listening with her cheek upon her interlaced fingers and her elbows resting on the old book the old gentleman stood at the door a long time before he interrupted them and after andrew had gone down to put caroline into her motor-car which had been waiting for hours he lingered at the window looking out into the dusk for love is as strong as death he quoted to himself as he turned to the table and slowly closed the book and returned it to its place and many waters cannot quench love 
neither can the floods drown it solomon was very great and human he further observed then after absorbing an hour or two of communion with some musty old papers and a tattered volume of uncertain age the major was interrupted by mrs matilda as she came in from her drive she was a vision in her soft gray reception gown and her gray hat with its white velvet rose was tipped over her face at an angle that denoted a spirit of adventure i'm so glad to get back major she said as she stood and regarded him with affection beaming in her bright eyes sometimes i hurry home to be sure you are safe here i don't see you as much as i do out at seven oaks and i'm lonely going places away from you don't you know it isn't the style any longer for a woman to carry her husband in her pocket matilda he answered what would mrs cherry lawrence think of you mrs buchanan laughed as she seated herself by him for the moment <laughs> i've just come from milly's she said i left caroline there and hobson was with her they had been out motoring on the river road do you suppose it looks as if perhaps my dear matilda answered the major i never give or take a tip on a love race the almighty endows women with inscrutable eyes and the smile of the sphinx for purposes of self-preservation i take it so a man wastes time trying to solve a woman riddle however hobson capers is running a risk of losing much valuable time is the guess i chance on this issue in question and peyton kendrick and that nice yankee boy and all bunched all bunched at the second post there's a dark horse running and he doesn't know it himself god help him he added under his breath as she turned to speak to tempe if you don't want her to marry hobson whom do you choose she said returning to the subject i wish i wish but of course it is impossible and i'm glad as it is that andrew is indifferent yes answered the major and you'll find that indifference is a hallmark stamped on most modern emotions End of chapter 4